This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Taught me not to believe every story I hear. So forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden. Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, her response, Joe Biden's lies yesterday. And I want to start, I know it's only 6.08. I want to start with an apology for something I've said over the show on the show over the past couple of days. In previewing the State of the Union address, we were covering here are some of the lies that you can expect Joe Biden to tell us, because that's what progressives, that's what a lot of Democrats do, whether you're talking the state of Missouri, whether you're talking Jefferson City, Columbia, Fulton. It's what a lot of progressive Democrats do. They lie and they they believe their own stuff. So I want to apologize. I completely undersold some of the lies and some of the foolishness that would that were going to be said last night. And I do hope that you accept my apology. More response. We're going to fact check some of this, by the way. Fact check some of those lies. But the response, I think this guy's news name is Mike Garcia. He's a Republican representative from the state of California. And as I'm watching the speech and I'm flipping around to see what all the different networks are saying, which usually I don't do. I like to sit. I like to watch the speech, turn off the TV. So that way I form my own thoughts. I don't have to rely on what Fox News or what Newsmax said. I don't have to rely. I just this is what I think. Turn the TV off for a while. And why it's almost um, it's almost meditation. Um, all right, let's digest everything Joe said. Wow. You've got the shaved head and bare feet part down. Oh, all right. Joe said this. Oh, and then I turn back on the TVs because I like to see what other people are saying and the way they posit it. This guy, I think Representative Mike Garcia, he summed it up the best. When I saw him, I'm like, yes, that is exactly it. One of the statements that, that frankly took our breath away where we had a visceral reaction, where he's, he said, we are now in the strongest position that we've been in in decades relative to China uh, is an absolutely absurd statement a week after these, uh, this country just flew uh, a spy balloon across the continental United States, including Alaska. Took our breath away, and I mark this moment when Biden, when he said that. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world, but make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Holy cow. Really? Is that really what you're going with? Look at what we did last week. After it had traversed 49 of our 50 states here in the United States of America, came by military installations, a power facility, a nuclear power facility right here in mid-Missouri. Two of them, actually. Two of them. Gets out over the ocean. All right, I ordered to shoot it down. My gosh. That was stunning. Look at what we did last week. Wow. I, I, and I just don't know how else to react. And so that's why, again, I am apologizing this morning. I undersold the amount of lies that Joe Biden was going to be telling you. Marsh, your immediate reaction to the State of the Union last night? I thought it was interesting. They immediately, the Fox News guys, grabbed a camera and went after Josh Hawley, who unloaded on the president for saying almost less than nothing about China and the balloon and all that. And he, he said it was... Not nearly enough. Yeah, he said uh, actions speak louder. That's what our good senator from Missouri said. He said actions speak louder. Uh, Biden's actions, and we know this really. We can. It's it's a fact. I could go to I could go to a bank and cash this in. It was weak, and we knew that since the tragic events of January the twentieth of twenty twenty one. We are going to be weak. Actions speak louder than word words, and President Biden's actions have been very weak 
toward China. Uh, and I would take that as uh, as a fact. And here's the other thing. I try going into this like with most things. I like to let me understand first. Let me be honest with myself. Try not to prejudge contempt prior to investigation. Something I try to do without. But it was bad. And, and I get State of the Unions. They, hey, one thing that we could all agree on, though, uh, I did find something, guys, that I think that all of us can agree we on. We can stop service fees on tickets to concerts and sporting events. <laughs> I, I was surprised to hear that in the State of the Union. Uh, I mean, again, but it, it does highlight bread and butter. For, for some people, that is, that is a big issue. Um, I had a couple of takeaways, Brandon. Number one, and I, I know our audience, I, I certainly do, and I know they're not, many of them are not fans of the president, but we do have supporters of him, and he is popular here in Boone County uh, based on the election returns. I mean, maybe not in our audience, so I know he has a lot of support. I am not a fan of anyone of either party shouting something at the president during his speech. I think there's decorum and... There was a congresswoman that did yell a liar. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, so yeah, that, that's that. I don't. I don't think that's appropriate. And I, there's I a way to do that, and to comment afterwards. That's my opinion. And welcome into Wake Up Mid Missouri. Uh, as Brian Howsworth, uh, John Marsh, producer Hannah. I am. Uh, I'm Brandon Rather. Glad you could be here. Your takeaways eight seven four ninety three ninety. And I'm going to play like a good, almost two minute portion of the speech because that encapsulates kind of it's a summation of what happened. And I, and I agree. You shouldn't be shouting things out at the president of the United States of America. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But here's the other thing: as I try to be honest with myself. When the lies are that blatant, and they were incredibly blatant, it's like these people think we're stupid. Uh, these these uh, the administration thinks we're three years old, and that we will anything they tell us, they think we are going to believe it. And so I do struggle with that. I'm I like, understand. when it's that blatant, what do you do? And I believe in decorum. I don't care who the president or the governor, whoever it is. There right. is a certain amount, and that reflects on me, my behavior. That's just me. You want to go and shout things at a politician in a very public setting and get some attention for yourself and get on onto uh, 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 social media and oh look, that's great. But that's not how I want to conduct myself and behave. But I am also I try to be as honest as I can be. And there comes a point in time when you go, wow. Uh, the lies are that <coughs> stunning, that stunning. And I'm not exaggerating, by the way. I, I'm really not. I'm being as honest as I can here. I'm like, you got to do something. Hannah, your big takeaway? <laughs> Did you see the Jill Biden kissed Kamala Harris's husband on the mouth? <laughs> I did. Before the speech started? I was dumbfounded. I'm like, what the hell was that? So, you know, sometimes when you encounter somebody, I... The, no, there's no excuse for this. Maybe your aim was off. That's no. What that's what I'm getting at. Like, when you go and you hug, you always go to the right. You go to the right. You hug to the right. The other person's hugging to the right. It's like traffic at at, at, uh, at uh, the, the grocery store when you're in high Roundabout, maybe. Yeah, Roundabout, right. you stay to the right. Same thing when you're greeting somebody in a somewhat intimate fashion with a hug or a kiss on the cheek. But it didn't, neither one of them pivoted. It was straight on. Well, and they held hands the for cameras. a second afterwards. That was, yeah, that was, it was a big takeaway, too. There's some upside-down pineapple stuff going on in the White House. 
That was interesting. And and the other thing about it is the, and I, I totally understand where Hannah's coming from, and that did get a lot of attention, at least a lot of uh, photos on social media. I've never seen a president, and this is not a, a criticism, I mean, he, he, he took the time because Democrats and Republicans line up, but I've never seen one stay in the chamber that long to leave a speech. He was it was at least 20 minutes. And it, I was surprised he was able to make the door because so many people were asking for selfies. And it wasn't just Democrats. There were some Republicans, too. So uh, and I'm going to highlight about a buck 45 of the speech here so you can hear some of it for yourself. But I, I think we're. Uh, the big takeaways, we got to do away with guns. The economy is good. There's really no big takeaways. I mean, it's a state of the state, a state of the union speech. You know, hit all the things he's supposed to do, but the amount of lies. As a matter of fact, um, fact checks uh, we have from CNN, USA Today, PolitiFact, all in universal agreement. One of the lies that Joe told uh, last night. Uh, he says, in the last two year, my uh, last two years, my administration cut the deficit by more than one point seven trillion dollars. Universally, USA Today, CNN saying, uh, "Yeah, this is not uh, not accurate." And there is a lot of context in there, but it sounds good in a State of the Union address. Um, he talked about job creation. Nearly twenty. This was the big one. Nearly twenty five percent of the entire national debt that took over two hundred years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone. The last one. That's the unity part of Joe, right? Unity. While he continues to criticize those who have served the office of the presidency before him. Uh, USA Today, CNN, PolitiFact on that claim. Nope. Here's a good portion of that speech from last night. My administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. <laughs> Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row. Unity. Because those record deficits, no president added more to the national debt in any four years than my predecessor. Unity. Nearly 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. Now, here's where you will start, and we're not done yet. You'll start to hear there is a universal... A murmur. From everybody, John, because like even... It sounded like it, didn't it? Exactly, because even the Democrats are like, dude, <laughs> stop it, quit. Say good things, but for, for, for the love of all that is holy, don't lie, man. Facts, check it out. Check it out. How did Congress respond to that debt? They did the right thing. They lifted the debt ceiling three times without preconditions or crisis. They paid American bills to prevent an economic disaster in the country. And so when the Dems do applaud, it's for something that is completely unhealthy for us as a country. So tonight I'm asking the Congress to follow suit. Let's commit here tonight to the full faith and credit of the United States of America will never, ever be questioned. So my many of some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. And again, he's lying, and you there is nobody. There's 500-plus people 
in those chambers. Nobody is backing him because he's flat out lying. Republicans do not want to do that. He's referencing something the senator from Florida, Rick Scott, wanted uh, to do. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. And you hear the liar there in the background. Incidentally, that is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And that's where I get a little conflicted. I do believe in decorum. But when the lies are that blatant, how do you do that? Be honest with yourself. Because here's my take, John. I almost think if I didn't say something, again, as somebody who believes in the decorum, you can't say something nice sometimes, you need to shut your mouth. But when you have the president of the United States of America lying and I don't say anything, I think I'm going to feel worse about not saying anything. Then it maybe haven't opened up my mouth and been an ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and one takeaway that uh, even some of the the network folks picked up on was that if for good, bad, or worse, the president was on his game from a delivery standpoint, uh, he did a, a much better job of it, trying to present himself, albeit the content notwithstanding. Yeah than he has in some recent speeches where he just seemed completely lost. As a matter of fact, Chris Wallace on CNN as I'm flipping around like he had to pull out Kleenex and clean himself off when he was talking, oh my gosh, what a beautiful job. All right, there's more to this. We're going to do some more fact checks throughout the morning, but I would say the three big takeaways this morning from State of the Union, really the lies, lack of support from Dems, calling as most, I think, every Democrat president in the State of the Union does. We got we to ban assault weapons. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. And caused the worst inflation in half a century. Real wages are down 21 months in a row. Gas prices have soared and are now going up much higher than even before. Trump, with his own rebuttal to the State of the Union last night, in addition to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And that's getting us into today's Daily DC Rundown. I'm Brandon Rathert. By the way, Stephanie Pell back on Monday. So, uh, Trump 2024. A couple of major conservative groups signaling they are open to supporting somebody other than Trump in the 2024 race for the White House. This seems to be a common theme amongst a lot of people, not just the party, but I, more and more people kind of coming out of the shadows and saying, you know what? Yeah, we love Trump's political mindset. But let's get that same mindset and let's slap a different name on it. Uh, David McIntosh, he's the president of the Club for Growth Group, says they've invited a half a dozen potential Republican candidates to its donor summit in Florida next month. Trump, who is the only declared major candidate in the race so far, is not among them. Americans for Prosperity, which incidentally, Americans for Prosperity, Missouri. Jeremy Cady, he's here at 710 with the Missouri response to the State of the Union. Uh, but Americans for Prosperity has said the group is prepared to support somebody other than Trump in the GOP primary. Meanwhile, we go to Pennsylvania. Democrats win control of the Pennsylvania House in special elections, resting partial power from Republicans. Now, this is the first time in a dozen years, and of course, long time Pennsylvania has been a competitive swing state and home to the Philadelphia Eagles. What are we, one, two, three, four days away from the Super Bowl Chiefs and Eagles, the governor of Pennsylvania, incidentally, uh, born and raised in Kansas City. So Democrats won all three Pittsburgh area House seats. So those are city seats, basically, to claim a swim edge over Republicans. The Republicans had held a comfortable 113 to 90 House majority last year, but once a decade Redistricting and strong performances in statewide races helped Democrats flip the House. Coming up, we so is we're going to be continuing some of the highlights. State of the Union really was the lies, the peppered back and forth, lack of support from Democrats. 
Uh, Doug Emhoff, the vice president's husband, kissing Jill Biden. Or did Jill kiss Doug? Who who kissed who? Was it mutual? It seemed pretty mutual. <laughs> I agree. It seemed pretty mutual. Another highlight we're going to be covering just a few minutes from now here on the show. Epic exchange from George Santos. He's the guy who's been caught in a whole bunch of lies after he was elected to a house seat. Who'd he kiss? <laughs> Mitt Romney's rear end, oh. <laughs> Or maybe it was the other way around. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. On gas for a while. But guess what? No, we do. By the way, Republicans cheering for Biden last night, State of the uh, the Union. Uh, and he told a story about how, uh, listen, you know, the gas companies are coming to me and, and Joe Biden apparently asking, why aren't you investing more? And the gas companies are going, Joe, you're telling us that you're, you're forcing, you're incentivizing people to go to electric powered cars. Why? Why? Why in the world? Why in the gas industry would we invest more? You're trying to put us out of business. I think he said that to uh, save face. By the way, I want to be clear on something here. Every time I talk about the uh, the the uh, uh, electric vehicles, people say, "Oh, Brandon, you like electric vehicles," and that's on me. Apparently, I've not done a good enough job when I talk about some of the facts and some of the realities of what's happening. And yeah, it is frustrating. The government is incentivizing you buy electric, get electric. Let's build charging stations all across America. I do not like electric. Cars. I don't like what the feds are doing with that, but it, it's happening. And I keep getting it. Well, it's just not possible. It's too heavy. They're this range. You're right. Uh, and I again, I liken it to space flight and air travel. People said there's no way that stuff is ever. Man can't fly. This is not going to happen. Technology kept getting better. Now we think nothing of flying. The, the, the Wright brothers, they flew that airplane in 1903. Like 15, 16, less than 20 years later, we're, fly, we're flying airplanes in a world, in a, in, in a war. Um, so here's more, uh, I, I guess, and I just look at what's happening. The big three automakers, they're, they're continuing to move to electric. Lamborghini has revealed that they are making their last V12 powered car. Uh, and then it's going to go hybrid. So big takeaway, State of the Union last night. It's just a, a bunch of lies, the typical stuff, and assault weapons. There was a lot of back and forth, and there was a lot of shouting. And and I agree. Brian Houseworth, our news director, uh, I agree with him. Um, I, I believe in a certain amount of decorum, and that's because that's how I behave. I conduct myself in a certain way. But when the lies really are as blatant as they were last night, some of the shouting and the back and forth, um, I think really as a human being, you know, if I walked away and said nothing, I would probably feel worse than going, you know what? I shouted at the president of the United States of America because his lies were so egregious. I had to say something. I think I would feel I would have felt better about myself. Uh, for a lack of decorum when the president of the United States spews lie after lie for over an hour on national TV. One of the things you noticed last night, Marsh? I thought the uh, throwdown, probably, <laughs> for lack of a better term, between Mitt Romney and George Santos certainly caught people's attention. It was even on the C-SPAN cameras. And it appeared that Mitt Romney was walking up the aisle and Santos, the you know, the embattled George Santos was sitting on an aisle seat, and Romney apparently told him, you don't belong here. 
told me I ought to be embarrassed. And then the, then the accusation started flying back and forth. We were both calling each other AHs, according to what the, the C-SPAN watchers picked up on. So there's a reporter. Her name is Katia Goba. And she said she spoke with George Santos. He found time. He told her he's starting, uh, he's starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday in the Super Bowl. But meanwhile... Uh, here's the exchange, according to this reporter who spoke with the uh, with George Santos. Smith, you don't belong here. Santos, tell that to the 142,000 people who voted for me. Mitt, you're an ass. Santos, you're a much bigger a-hole. Uh, not using those words. The FCC says you can say the word hole. You can also say the word ass on air. But when you combine them, you run afoul of FCC regulations. Welcome into the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rather. There's Mr. John Marsh. Good morning. Who's able to get up early and join us after watching the State of the Union last night. Hour plus speech. There's producer Hannah. Hello. Brian Housworth is here, too. Steph Bell's back on Monday. Coming up, 710, Jeremy Cady. Uh, he is with Americans for Prosperity, Missouri. Missouri's reaction to the State of the Union, that's at 710. 810, State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. She's from Arnold talking about uh, Senate Bill 81. This would allow parents to use education dollars to send their kids to whichever Missouri public, private, or parochial school best serves their needs, obviously. And I got to give it to State Senator Caleb Brown. He said this several years ago. Stephanie uh, Bell and I were at a Lincoln Days event here in mid-Missouri. He said one of the biggest things coming down the pipeline is education 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 here we are several years later he's not kidding and we saw the embarrassment that one local school district has been to mid-missouri bringing shame to to uh on a national level to its school district and not just because of their test scores but because they think it's okay to take students to an event that features drag performers and then questions us sane people because we would question and i got to think well what about from a private school point of view or parochial school point of view. Well, let's reach out to Spencer Allen. Spencer Allen is the principal uh, at Helias and uh, wanted to talk for just a few minutes about education from, let's say, a Catholic point of view. Spencer, we want to welcome you into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I want to start here. Um, you see things that happen, and it's not just the Columbia Public School District and their sick behavior, but you see this nationwide as somebody uh, the Catholic school as a whole, what is your guys' take on what's happening in our public schools? Yeah, you know, it's it's not really it's not really my place so much to comment on specific situations. I can say though that in the Catholic Church and schools sometimes our teachings which are, are age old and they continue consistently run countercultural. It's a complex topic, right? It's probably too much to unpack fully in a short time, but what I can say is we, we make very clear what our rules and policies and curriculum are online. Anybody can see it, transparency. And here's, here's, our, here's our stance. We, everything we do, our program, our curriculum is based on fidelity to the teachings of the Catholic Church. We express it with clarity. We, we also express it with charity, and we let that be guiding force. And what about some of these other things? And obviously, that's something that's front and center. And and just so we're clear, we're, and and I appreciate you not getting up and saying, "Well, we're going to take digs at public schools," because that's not what I wanted this to to be about. But you look around. Sure. What another big issue that? And I'm going to do the opposite of what I just said, but that maybe differentiates you from public education. Sure. Uh, you're asking me what differentiates us? Yeah, uh, is it right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, several things. We we do uh, we do write our own curriculum. 
And that curriculum, we certainly look at the standards in Missouri. We look at other great curricula around the nation and within the state. We base all that, too, on the foundation of the teachings of the Catholic Church. You know, there was a theologian, Frank Shee, who once said that uh, to really have knowledge and have it be a sane knowledge, we view everything through the lens of he who created it. Um, And so it means that our policies, we have strong moral expectations of our young people, of our uh, of our curriculum and uh we at the same time are preparing them for citizenship we want them to go out and be critical thinkers we want them to help to transform the world through their contribution to it so uh, a lot of similarities but also just a different foundation uh our guest spencer allen principal at uh Helias. he's joining us this morning here on wake up mid-missouri Spencer, we talked to Jefferson City School Superintendent Brian McGraw the other day, and the issue of four-day school weeks came up. He, in no uncertain terms, was no fan. Is that something Helias has even thought about or looked at? No, I, we haven't, you know, other than casual conversation about the trends that we're seeing, especially in smaller areas and such. But, uh, you know, just listening to, I think it was Brandon's commentary just a bit ago about uh, just airplanes, right, and technology and electric cars, and it's coming, ready or not, education is changing in a great way. And, uh, you know, like artificial intelligence, for instance, that's been a big spur. What's that going to do to the future of education? We have a lot of young people that are choosing not to go to traditional high schools, and they're going to online programs where they can graduate months earlier than they otherwise would. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's reality that's there that as schools we need to adjust to. We and do. so, yeah. go ahead. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. It's interesting. No, it's we had on the principal from Moberly High School last week, and we were talking. They have a cell They This is the first full school year they've been. Cell phones in the schools. We were just checking up on them. How is it doing? And then we said, oh, yeah, and what about chat GPT? This is this artificial intelligence, which has been my favorite toy since Stephanie Bell turned me on to it back in uh, November. Is this an issue yet from where you're sitting? Well, I don't think it's the, the question is so much an issue, but really a discussion point of where we go from here, because yeah. it is a reality, right? Yeah. You know, when automatic tellers came along, everybody thought it would be into banks, and that didn't happen, right? There's still plenty of banks because we look at human component, but education will change. If you assign a paper to a kiddo due on Friday, we need to, we need to teach in a way that doesn't have them going home and just having a, a, an essay vending machine pop it out. And that being said, I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise in that it, it forces us to teach writing, for instance, in the way we all should have done it in a real organic way where students are writing in a classroom, they're going through a process. Because writing is a communication tool, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also a way we train our mind to think critically, to be able to articulate things well. And those are the skills that our young people, that businesses, that organizations say that sometimes young people glued to their phones are missing when they come out into the real world. So so it's given us a force to reckon with that we're going to be stronger on the other side of if we can acknowledge that it's there and think about how education is to change. Let me ask you this, though. Being in a Catholic school, we shouldn't worry. We shouldn't have to worry about cheating in the first place, should we? No, Spencer Allen, principal at Elias, uh joining us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Spencer, an issue we've talked about for so many years on the radio, every time during the legislative session. For many years, it was called a school voucher program, and the proponents basically said, if I'm sending my kid to public schools, why don't I get a tax break? Because I'm not 
you know, my funds are, I'm basically double paying for my student. The uh, right. Most Scholars program that came down the pike, which uh, helps students attend private schools. What's that mean for Helias? Well, I think it, what it means for Helias and our schools is two things. One, our mission. Many, many people don't know how really, really affordable our schools are compared to other areas because our mission is anybody who wants to go to a Christ-centered school and do this, we're going we're gonna to find a place for them. So that's, that's a good thing in that regard, right? The other thing is what we were talking about with Brian, Brandon's earlier question is, are there strings attached for us? And so that's what we have to watch closely. Does, that, does a voucher program come with strings attached as to what we need to teach in a classroom, uh, what our rules look like? And, and those are questions we have to ask before we can just 100% say great idea or 100% say we're not we're not in favor of it. So there, there's kind of a back and forth on that discussion. All right. Uh, Spencer Allen, principal at Holias, just kind of just a few minutes on education from a Catholic point of view. State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman joins us 810 this morning. She's going to be talking about Senate Bill 81, allows parents to use education bucks to send kids to whatever school they want. Spencer Allen, we appreciate your time this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great week. All right, coming up, uh, coming up a few minutes from now, one of the big lines that we all expect any time a Democrat gives the state. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Uh, if Joe Biden in his State of the Union address calls for a ban on assault weapons, drink up. There it was. More highlights. And really, I think, Bottom and John, I get your opinion here really quick before we move on to this Bethany Hamilton story. Uh, I think my big takeaways, State of the Union speech. Uh, called for that. Uh, there was, and I, and I'm going to call it this from, I think one of the most polite people I know, and that is me. Uh, but I think the, the rancor, (laughs) the, 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 that's beyond a humble brag, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, beyond the, the, uh, I think it was appropriate rancor. I really do because, and I'm not exaggerating because of the amount of lies that the president of the United States, and here's what offends me. It's not just the lies, John. It's that we're just going to eat it up, man. Yes, we believe everything you're saying. So the lies, some rancor, um, those are the two biggest takeaways in my mind. Yeah, and I kind of uh, weigh in with what Josh Hawley said. They just kind of glossed over the whole Chinese balloon thing. It was like a sentence and drive on. As a matter of fact, the most stunning statement that he made of all those lies, we'll do that at 710, and then Jeremy Cady, Americans for Prosperity, Missouri, joins us with his reaction. That's coming up at 710 here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Hannah, do you know the name Bethany Hamilton? I do. Cool. How about that, Marsh? Sure. Really? All right, then I'm the moron. Uh, so I, if it's I, the same Bethany Hamilton, I think it is. How's that sound? That's, I, I like that CYA. Cover your on this. Um, so if somebody would have said the name yesterday, Bethany Hamilton, you know who Bethany Hamilton is? I would have said no. Or she was a star in the Broadway musical Hamilton, maybe. That's what I would have said. <laughs> but if you would Very have good. said, hey, are you familiar with this young athlete? who was uh, just one of the best surfers on the planet, dudes or women, anybody, and has been since a very young age. She was the one surfing one time, got her arm bitten off by a shark and continued to surf. I would go, 
Oh, yeah. There's a movie about her story with, it has like Dennis Quaid and Carrie Underwood in it called Soul Surfer. Soul Surfer. That's it. She should be considered a hero, and here's why. I think she puts this more eloquently than any politician has said or more more eloquently than what I could say. When it comes to transgender stuff in sports, uh, we don't hate anybody. We don't dislike anybody, and that is a fact. Uh, We love all human souls. I'll speak for myself. I don't care about color, orientation. I really don't. And it's frustrating when, again, lies from progressives. Well, you're anti-trans. There is no such thing as anti-transgender legislation. That is a fact. Take it to the bank. Cash the check after you sign your name on the back. There is no anti-transgender legislation, despite what news outlets will tell you. But she's saying she's not going to compete because surfing sport is allowing uh, uh, dudes who think they're women to participate with them. And what she says, she knocks it out of the park and saying, listen, um, you know, we're human beings. We love everybody. But there's also something called reality and common sense. While I address this issue, I want to be clear that I strive to have love for all of mankind, regardless of any differences. But this concerns me as a professional athlete that has been competing in the World Surf League events for the past 15 plus years. And I feel that I must speak up and stand up for those in position that may feel that they cannot say something about this. I think many of the girls currently on tour are not in support with this new rule and they fear being ostracized if they speak up. And that is why she should be a hero because she's saying this because what is it? The national news outlets. What happens if you say I'm against dudes playing in women's sports? I'm just against it. What?